Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord, Andrews University and BSAS as well. I am so grateful and honored uh, to be your speaker for the Seminary Chapel uh, during Black History Month. I take it as an honor and a privilege. Uh, I don't want to call names because I don't want to mess up anybody's names or, or, or forget anybody in the process, but I thank you so much for all of you who have been instrumental in, in allowing me to be your speaker today. With the time allotted, I, I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13 to a, a very familiar uh, passage of scripture that's actually recorded in all four Gospels. I like Matthew's uh, version the best, but we'll extrapolate a little tidbits from the other Gospels as well. Matthew chapter 14, and, and I just want to simply read to you from the NIV version, verses 13 uh, through 16. The word of the Lord says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. And hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away. Don't miss this. So they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Watch this. Verse 16. Jesus replied. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Don't miss that. They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. With your prayers and God's help, I just want to speak to you from the subject, hungry for change, hungry for change. Father, I need you today, maybe more than I've ever needed you before. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross and that you would use me, oh God, to speak a word in due season to your people. Thank you for BSAS. Thank you for Andrews University and all those who are leading the service. May all those under the sound of my voice be blessed today. Forgive us of all sins and shortcomings and save us into your kingdom. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. The, the, the Bible has uh, different versions of, of this miracle, uh, of this story of the feeding of the 5,000. Uh, but, but if you look at all the Gospels, one thing is clear. Uh, Jesus is somewhat tired, and so are the disciples. The Bible says that Jesus is a little bit hurt because his friend, that great prophet John the Baptist, has been killed. Uh, his disciples are tired. They've been doing ministry and helping people and doing miracles all day long. And, and Jesus seeing them being exhausted and maybe himself being exhausted as well, decide to encourage disciple, the disciples to get into a boat and go to the other side so that they can have a short reprieve and rest for a while. The problem is, is that the Bible says that there were literally crowds of people, literally thousands of people that were following Jesus and his disciples everywhere that they went. They saw that Jesus was getting into a boat. The Bible says they anticipated where he was going and on foot they beat Jesus there. Now, I don't want you to miss the significance of this. Uh, the Bible is clear that on foot, the people beat Jesus and his disciples to the spot that they were going to by boat. And it simply signifies this point, brothers and sisters, that, that the people were, were enamored by Jesus because Jesus was actually impacting their lives. You see, Jesus' ministry was more than a once-a-week sermon and a shaking of people's hands at the end of the sermon to say goodbye. Uh, his ministry uh, was much more than meeting conference standards and conference goals. Uh, Jesus' ministry was much deeper than an acclaim to fame or popularity. Jesus was 
taking the world as it was and holding it up against the kingdom of God as what it should be and juxtapositioning those things together. Jesus was trying to show them that this is not the ideal plan of what the world should be. And Jesus was actually telling them that there is something greater and something better for you. His messages were relevant. His reach was long. His behavior was one of compassion and caring. And the Bible lets us know by telling us that the people beat him to the spot. They beat him there because they were impacted by his messages and by his ministry. They wanted to be around him. They wanted to hear what he had to say. He was making their lives better. And unlike the religious leaders of the day, Jesus actually was concerned about them. And notice with me, brothers and sisters, that this is one of the few times that we actually get to see that people are chasing down the church instead of the church chasing down other people. And see, I want to submit to you today real quick in this first part of the sermon. I just want to submit to you that, brothers and sisters, when we meet the needs of people, when we are focused on impacting their lives, when we are focused on being relevant, when we are focused on having being engaged with the community and having relevant messages to preach to them, I believe that people will be beating down our doors. We won't have to bribe people to jump into the baptismal pool. We won't have to trick them or coerce them in order to give their life to Christ. When we are real, thank you, Jesus, and, and authentic and transparent, and we care about the communities that we are in, I believe that people will follow us just like they follow Jesus. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that as they go across the sea, remember, they're trying to get rest. The Bible says that when they step out of the boat. They lift up their eyes and they see the same crowd of literally thousands of people that they left on the other side. And the Bible says that instead of them pulling up anchor and going back again, instead of them deep sighing, instead of them being upset, instead of Jesus saying, I can't take this anymore or throwing in the towel, the word of the Lord says that Jesus looks at this group, this, this mass multitude of thousands of people, and the word of God says he has compassion on them. And in fact, Mark's gospel actually tells us that, 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 that Jesus saw them, had compassion on them because they looked like sheep without a shepherd. Are you with me today? And I just want to be clear that, that Jesus saw them as they were. This ragtag bunch, this, this multitude of ordinary uh, people, uh, farmers and people who, who, who were subject to the toils of the day. Jesus saw them as they were. People who were oppressed, depressed, and suppressed under the thumb of a Roman governmental system. Uh, Jesus saw people, hear me today, who were at the mercy of poverty, people who are at the mercy of unjust laws, people who are corrupt, corrupt politicians, and, and people who are subject at the mercy of, of discrimination, and, and people who are subject to racism, and people who have to deal with xenophobia and, and sexism. He saw them. And by the way, that's really the most significant part of the sentence is that Jesus saw them. And the text stands in, in deep contrast to the statements that people like to make today, which is simply that they don't see color. <laughs> And see, this kind of betrays God and this betrays our, our heavenly father and his sovereignty and the variety that he has created on earth for someone to say he doesn't or she doesn't see color. The Bible is very clear that Jesus saw them for what they were. They looked like people without a shepherd. They, they, they looked like sheep without a shepherd. They, they looked helpless. They looked hungry. They looked homeless. They, they, they looked like they were in need of something. And the Bible is clear first and foremost, Jesus 
saw them. And for anybody in the world today, as we are in Black History Month and, and we're considering this theme today, Hungry for Change, and the social justice issues that are swirling around in the world today, for anybody to say that they don't see color is not only dismissive, brothers and, so and sisters, it is actually insulting. Because to say you don't see color is to say you don't see me. It means that you don't see the skin that God himself put me in. It means that you don't see my struggle. You don't see my trauma. You don't see my experience. You don't acknowledge my culture. You don't acknowledge where I come from, the, 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 the unique and specific experiences that God has allowed me, Pastor John Coxham, in my black skin to go through in my life. It means that you don't see me, but I'm grateful in the text that the word of the Lord says that first and foremost, Jesus saw them for what they were. They look harassed and helpless. They look like sheep without a shepherd. And the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them. His heart was stirred for them. He loved them. He, con he was concerned about them. He cared for them. And by the way, this is all happening in a moment when Jesus and his disciples are exhausted. But when Jesus sees people, thank you, Lord, who need help, mm, people who are under the thumb of the government, people who are subject to discrimination, people who are being burdened by injustice. He just can't help himself. And he gets right back into ministry mode. And the word of the Lord says he has compassion on them because they look like sheep without a shepherd. And by the way, not only does Jesus empathize with them and begin to see things from their perspective and his mood to compassion, not only does he empathize with them, brothers and sisters, but Jesus is actually moved into action, just as he has done so many times before. The Bible says that Jesus begins to heal in that moment, which says to me that Jesus once again begins to upend the unjust health care system and begins to provide free health care to everybody who was there. He begins to heal this one and to prescribe medicine for this one. Uh, Jesus begins to take care of all of them free of charge. But not only that, the other gospels also tell us that Jesus not only heals, but he was also teaching, which tells me, brothers and sisters, that, that Jesus was providing pro bono seminars and services and teachings to help people how, how, to know how to live. Uh, Jesus was helping them uh, to be able to take the word of God and actually make it applicable to their daily lives. And how many times do we preach messages from our pulpit and, I, and, I, and what we preach cannot be applied to everyday life, that our language is so lost and high, that, that all of our Greek and our Hebrew, that all of our thee and our vows cannot be processed by the ordinary minds of people in the world today who are struggling under the harassment of injustice and discrimination and unjust housing pra practices and food deserts and people who are being uh, prejudiced against on a daily basis. But the word of the Lord says, not only does Jesus heal, but he also teaches. And not only does he also teach, but brothers and sisters, I believe that Jesus was also mentoring people. You see, Jesus just didn't look down on everybody else, and he just didn't have pity on everybody in, in, on the uh, shore that day. But, but I know from reading the word of God that Jesus also took people and empowered them. Listen to me right now. Remember, Jesus would often tell people, according to your faith, let it be unto you. He just didn't look at people and say, well, well, well you look down in the dumps, and, and you're going to stay there, and you're going to be there forever, and you're going to live in the ditch that you were born in. Jesus doesn't say that, but he empowers 
gathers his people. Thank you, Jesus. He takes people of color <laughs> and he lifts them up out of the ditch by teaching them and educating them and helping them and, and volunteering his time to immerse himself in the situations that they are in. And Jesus not only empathizes, hear me today, but, 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 but he moves into action. That's a word for somebody today, but I got to go. Well, watch this. Um, not only that, but, but, but after a long day of ministry, <laughs> the Bible says that Jesus's disciples, Lord, help me today. Those he has, he has <clears throat> deposited power in those he has called to ministry. The word of the Lord says, as Jesus is healing, and he's teaching and he's ministering and he's helping people. The Bible says that the disciples begin to look up in the sky and they begin to see that day is dying in the West. They begin to see that, 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 that nighttime is coming. They begin to see that they've been out here all day. And so the Bible says that they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, listen, it's getting dark. Uh, we've been out here all day. Maybe we've done as much as we can for the people. It sure seems like they're getting hungry. So why don't we send them away? into the marketplace and into the villages to go and buy food for themselves. Jesus, they're hungry. We ain't got enough money to spend or we don't want to spend as much money as it will take in order to get them fed. So Jesus, why don't you dismiss them now? This seems like a good spot. Stop the healing. Uh, uh, stop the teaching. Uh, stop the mentoring. Stop what you're doing right now and just uh, send them away and they can go and work for their own food. <laughs> they can go and use their own money to, to fix their needs. They they can go and figure out their problem on their own. And see, brothers and sisters, what most people miss in the text is simply this, that the disciples are actually trying to outsource social concerns. Please, please don't miss this today. They're trying to outsource social concerns and needs. It could potentially be the equivalent to let them pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. You see, y'all hear me today, um, brothers and sisters, that, that you have to know when you have to understand it. And I know you've heard this before, that there are some people who can't pull themselves up by their own bootstraps because they don't have bootstraps to pull themselves up on. But the disciples are very comfortable uh, dismissing uh, this crowd in order to find food for themselves. Essentially, what they are saying is this is not our issue. They're saying this does not affect us. They need to work harder. This is not our concern. That's not what I feel like doing right now. Uh, this is social justice stuff. And by the way, Jesus, we, we are evangelicals. We, we do care about babies in the womb, but not necessarily after they come out. Uh, that's on them. They've got to work harder. They've got to live better. They got to stop being lazy. They should have thought about bringing food for themselves when they left the other side of the sea. And see, this is a type of stuff, brothers and sisters, hear me today, that people of color and black people in particular here on on a regular basis, that they are lazy and that they're shiftless and they don't want to work and they don't care about doing better, but they don't seem to recognize that most people of color, excuse me, not most, all people of color are generally under an unjust system. There is systemic injustice <laughs> that runs deep into the roots of this country that causes people to not have what they need. And so we as evangelicals, help me today, and we as Christians and we as believers, we cannot abdicate responsibility. We cannot dismiss people into the marketplace and the villages in order to get help, but we have to be involved. And listen, you don't have to take my word for it. Look at what Jesus says in the text. Jesus said, they do not need to go anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> 
you give them something to eat. In other words, what Jesus is saying, listen, I've been healing and I've been teaching and I've been mentoring. I've been giving them the spiritual gospel. Why in the world would I stop them from receiving the social gospel from me as well? Why should they leave me in order to find what they need to survive? Why can't ministry and social justice concerns occupy the same space? This is just as important, Jesus is saying, as the teaching and the preaching and the healing. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. I hear Jesus saying today, you get involved. You do something. Do not outsource what you feel is uncomfortable. Do not outsource the needs of people because you're not prepared. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And today, hear me, as Jesus speaks to his leaders 2,000 years ago, I am speaking to you as the current and future leaders of the church. Hear me today. People are hungry and you cannot outsource what they need in order to get fed. People are hungry for justice. People are hungry for equality. People are hungry for equity. People are hungry for rest. People are hungry for the end of white supremacy. People are hungry for change, brothers and sisters. Yes, they are hungry for peace. Yes, they are hungry for for, for the word of God. Yes, they are hungry uh, for the gospel and for prophecy. But more than anything right now in the space that we are in as we are faced we may be on possibly on the edge of a civil war or a racial war people are hungry for a word from the lord on this matter by the way that great theologian Karl barth actually said that every preacher should have a bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other in other words we should be able to take the word of god and be able to use it to speak about the current events of the day and brothers and sisters did you not see a few months ago when george floyd was killed that there were protests around the world this is meaningful and we as preachers of the gospel don't have the right to abdicate responsibility on this, Jesus says to you, as he says to his disciples 2,000 years ago, you give them something to eat. But watch this. I'm done right here. I promise this is it. Man, the disciples, they come to Jesus and say, Jesus, we don't have anything. Jesus says, you got more than you think. He tells them, go and investigate. Go and find out how much you have before you tell me that you don't have anything. And by the way, brothers and sisters, for many of you who don't want to get involved in the uncomfortable space of social justice or racism or discrimination, when is the last time that you have ever walked into a neighborhood of people of color? When's the last time you sat in front of them and and heard their story? When is the last time you read a book by a black author or, or watched a black movie just to get a sense of their culture or even people of color in general? When is the last time that you have investigated? But the Bible says that the disciples, they go throughout the camp and they find that there is five loaves and two fishes and they bring it to Jesus. And you know what the story says. The story is that says that, that Jesus breaks up the bread and breaks up the fish because he says, listen, this is enough and I can work with this. And your next question to me should be this, Pastor Coxum, what do I have? What can I use for social justice? And I want to tell you unequivocally, 
Brothers and sisters, what you have is a weapon that can be wielded that most ordinary people do not have. You have influence and power that you know not of, and that power rests behind the pulpit, especially for Adventist preachers. Brothers and sisters, that period of time between 11 and 1, that divine worship hour when we have a captive audience every week, brothers and sisters, we should be using that time to speak to the issues of the day, feeding our people who are hungry for a word from the Lord on the matters that actually face them, not abdicating responsibility, not dismissing it, not outsourcing what is uncomfortable to us, but we use this space and we use the word of God in order to preach God's message. And by the way, what happens when the disciples use what they have? The Bible says Jesus takes it, he breaks up the bread, breaks up the fish, he prays over it, and by the time Jesus is done, the Bible says everybody is fed. That's 5,000 plus. Everybody has what they need and some left over. In other words, what I hear in the text is that Jesus, when we take what we have, what God has given us and use it for him, when we decide to give people something to eat, Jesus will take what we have and begin to work for equality. He will begin to work for equity so that everybody has what they need. Jesus will work for justice. Thank you, Lord. Jesus will work against injustice as long as we offer what we have to him. And Jesus says, help me today. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> and as Jesus broke up those bread and those fishes, I couldn't help but think about the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that Baptist minister who did not have to get involved in the social justice fight, but saw it as his divine command from God to do so. And because of his march, because of... Praise the Lord. Baptist minister who did not have to get involved in the social justice fight, but saw it as his divine command from God to do so. And because of his march, because of his life, because of his message, and because of his preaching, brothers and sisters, justice began to roll down like a mighty stream, that the Civil Rights Act was passed, and many of the unjust Jim Crow laws that were passed in this country were done away with. And when we get involved, my belief is people will be fed. I don't care what color you are, if you're white, if you're Asian, if you're African, no matter where you come from, this is all of our fight during Black History Month to preach justice and equality for all. And I say to you, simply, as Jesus said to his disciples 2,000 years ago, you, with all of your knowledge, you, with your degrees, you, with your anointing, you, with your influence from the pulpit, you, from your position, you give people something to eat. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus today, God, we know full well that there are people that are hungry for change. I pray today, oh God, that you would give your ministers of the gospel, those under the sound of my voice, what they need 
in order to feed your people. Help us to be unafraid. Help us not to outsource the uncomfortable, but to speak truth to power and to speak it as we see it in Jesus' name. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Let everyone say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you.